Hi, I'm Catherine. And I'm Gail. Welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, our weekly podcast. Our signature is sharing stories of vital women, 70 to 100 plus, who shatter the myth that women become irrelevant as we age. We appreciate any support you can provide us. Join the Aging Reimagined Circle at womenover70.com. Promote your book in Books by Women and invite us to speak to your organization. And today we're very happy to, to welcome Nancy Watson, who was introduced to us by another guest, Jill Stewart. Nancy, age 74, is an entrepreneur who has tried to apprentice before starting new ventures. She exchanged teaching in the Chicago Inner Schools for owning an antique store, which afforded a fun, mellow way of life. In the early 1980s, Nancy turned to cooking and the catering business. She turned her home front cottage industry into a 25-year-long, large-scale catering business, where she served guests from 100 to 1,300. Nancy divorced at age 50 and sold her business at age 60 because she felt she had aged out of the catering business. As a single woman, Nancy downsized to operate a bed and breakfast in Michigan. And then in 2021, Nancy married David. They retired, sold their homes, moved to Florida near Fort Myers. And now her perfect day consists of Pilates, yoga, golf, and swimming. Yet always the nurturer, Nancy, is her happiest when she can cook and bring people together. So welcome, Nancy, to Women Over 70. Thank you for having me. Now, you started your career as a teacher working in disadvantaged neighborhoods. And and what uh, prompted you to try something so different, such as owning an antique store? Well, I did the uh, teaching right out of college, and it was very intense, as you might imagine. And I break. So after four years, I quit. And what could be a more perfect break from an intense situation as owning an antique store where I, it was just quiet and I got to refinish furniture and, and sell it. And also the best part about it was going to the auctions and the, the barns in Iowa to find stuff to uh, bring into Chicago. Well, how did you know that that was even an interest of yours? Um, I went to work at an antique store in Chicago and um, was taught by the owner to refinish furniture. And just seeing those pieces, those oak mirrors turn into uh, just visions of loveliness mm. prompted me to want to be in it. Right. And and so how long did you have your antique store? About two years. And the same thing happened. I burned out of peace and quiet. It was too peaceful. <laughs> <and> quiet. <laughs> so, you know, um, somebody that doesn't know any better would go back to what wasn't, which is what I did. I went back to the Chicago Chicago Public Schools and taught again for four years. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where did you teach? Where Where did you teach, Nancy? I started Cabrini Green. Uh-huh. And it was school in the early 70s. And after my hiatus of antiquing, then I was all over the city. I was in Humboldt Park. I was in um, Uptown. And then I ended up in Pilsen for the last two years. And after burning out again, um, I learned my lesson. And I have not returned to the classroom since. <laughs> okay. 
So there must you must have had some some major commitment though to teaching in neighborhoods um, that were disadvantaged and and what compelled you to to work in those neighborhoods? Well, I lived in the city, so uh, teaching in the city was made the most sense. And you don't really get to decide. The board of mm. eds uh, um, will, you know, go there, go there, go there. So. Um, I- I did what they said, and and it was actually pretty wonderful getting to know the areas um, of the city so well. I'm just curious, in Uptown, which is where I grew up, were you at Gowdy School? I wasn't, but I knew where that was. Um, it, <clears throat> I wish I could remember. Is Stockton there? Oh, yeah, Stockton. Mm-hmm. That's where I was. Yeah. And then at one point, the Board of Ed had... It was being very creative with my life. They had me at Stockton for a morning kindergarten. And then they said, but we think it'd be a good idea for you to do an afternoon kindergarten on the very, very far southwest side. <laughs> so for, um, I think, a year, I did that commute in the middle of the day to um, an area of Chicago that is right off the Eisenhower Express. Mm-hmm near Oak Park and near Cicero. And there's mm-hmm. this little island. And that's where I did afternoon kindergarten. So that was um, like Jekyll and Hyde. It was very, very odd. That's amazing. So naturally, then you returned to cooking so <laughs> uh, and catering. So how did that come about? That's where I got rid of my frustrations of being in the classroom because um, the job of teaching in a and young children in a classroom is very confined. And um, I found that in order to let go of that frustration, I would get home and I would think what creative meal I could make. Mm-hmm. And I pound that veal and how, um, uh, how strong could I whip up those egg whites? And it really was an outlet for me. And um, the only problem with it was my husband at that time was a definite Irish meat and potato guy. <laughs> and he said to me, can we just have something without a sauce? <laughs> and and uh, so that prompted me, I think, to maybe work in the food business. Mm-hmm. And at that point, when I did finally go to work in the food business, he would say things like, are you ever going to cook for me again? <laughs> <laughs> Cook, cook anything. Yeah, cooking. So, um, you, you, when you and I talked earlier, you said that you know your home front cottage and your home front cottage, or became a, a long term large scale business. And tell us a little bit about the about the catering business. Well, I started at home because I had a small child, and while he was napping, I could cook, and when he was up, he would you know I could you know, talk to him and play with him kind of while I was working. And I, um, then I really needed to be able to advertise and um, make the business into a viable business. And I couldn't do that from home. So that prompted me to move into a commercial kitchen. My child was in school full time at that point. And um, so my business got to grow as he did. 
-hmm. when he was very small, I did very little. And we went shopping together and we went to do the deliveries together. And then as he was in school more and more and more, I could work more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And I'm very lucky that I could grow my business slowly because I think a lot of the problems people have, they have great ideas and want to start businesses, but have money right away and do it quickly. And I was very, very fortunate mm -hmm. to gather up a good client list slowly. So when I finally started paying rent in a commercial kitchen, I was up and running and ready. Mm. And did you have a specialty or specialties that, with your catering business? Um, I liked doing fancy and I liked doing fancy hors d'oeuvres and appetizers. I did not like doing desserts, so I would farm that out. And um, the central part of the meal was, was fun as well, but I really liked serving the beautiful um, uh, hors d'oeuvres um, at the beginning of whatever party it was. And did you have people helping you? I had a nice staff that worked parties. I had probably 30 people in my Rolodex that I could call to work parties because I didn't work parties. I made the food and brought it and went through it with the staff, but then I left. Oh. And good staff. And I had terrific staff. And I hope some of them will listen to this and hear me compliment them. <laughs> um, in the kitchen, however, I, I had one woman that, um, always worked when I worked. And then we would um, add to that when we were doing something large. And I had people I could call that were flexible enough that could come into the kitchen and help when help was needed. So how did you know, notice that you might be aging out of the catering business? Well, I can remember the defining moment. I was um, doing a consultation for a large party. And the woman said, oh, I hope we can have different stations. And I hope one of those stations can be champagne glasses filled with mashed potatoes and so many different toppings. And then the other station can be those cute little white uh, Chinese food carryout containers. And everybody will just put their Chinese food in those containers and walk around the floor with them. And I mm -hmm. try to keep a smile on my face, which probably looked very weird and um said anything is possible why don't i go back to the kitchen and write up a proposal for you and uh at that point i realized that i possibly was not fitting into this job as well as somebody 30 or 40 would be fitting into it i see and I like that the um mashed potatoes and champagne glasses i just couldn't wrap my head around it <laughs> <laughs> Not fancy enough. <laughs> um, so you 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 uh, had been you were divorced by the, by then by the time you sold your business, and then you uh, apparently you moved to Michigan to and opened a bed and breakfast. So what what was that all about for you? It was such a wonderful experience. I back for one second about leaving Chicago and all my friends, they were close enough that I could um, come back into Chicago. They could come and visit me, but it was, it was so wonderful. Um, um, 
being closer to the people that I was cooking for. I mean, all the people that stayed with me and I didn't have a lot. It was a small bed and breakfast that um, most um, the 12 people was the biggest breakfast numbers that I did pretty much. And getting to know those people over wine and hors d'oeuvres the night before and then serving them breakfast, I just got to meet so many wonderful people. And they so appreciated being nurtured that they were in such wonderful moods and so um, thankful. And over and over again, I would hear the husband saying to the wife, so is this what I'm going to get next week when we get home? And (laughs) You know, and it put the needle to their wives. They needed to be a little more uh, fancy with their breakfast. I see. Uh, you know, you've uh, described yourself as a nurturer and, and food as nurturing. So that is that the, the why behind uh, what, what you do with food or why you're so uh, generous with offering food to people? You know, I think nurturing can be in a lot of ways. Um, I think, you know, even mis- you know, massage therapists are nurturing because they're making you feel good. Uh, teaching was nurturing those children. And food is another biggie. Um, uh, uh, probably the one that comes to mind the most. But, um, um, but it's always, I've always loved the food end of it. Um, and now you're, you're retired uh, and you've moved to Fort My- Florida, near Fort Myers. And tell us about your, dis- you know, what the, your decisions to, your decision to, to marry, remarry, and to sell your business and move from Michigan to Florida. And, and what, what, what transpired around those, those moves and decisions? Well, David and I had been together apart for 11 years. He lived in Manhattan, and I, of course, lived in Michigan, and we would spend half of uh, the time together. He'd fly into Michigan, get a break from the madness of Manhattan, and um, so that's how we ran our lives for all those years. And we were both kind of ready to do something different, to live together permanently and to stop working and move out of Manhattan. So luckily, um, he put his um, brownstone on the market and I put the B&B on the market. They sold uh, amazingly in, in the same week. We closed in the same week and we put a few possessions in two cars, came down to Florida. We were fortunate after a few months of being homeless that we were able to purchase a townhome. Um, it's been fabulous ever since. We had in our heads Florida for a long time. And so we kind of knew exactly where we wanted to be. We had started vacationing here for the month of March many years ago. We would rent different condos um, in this area and we got, we just loved it. And the month of March in Michigan is just awful and I couldn't wait to get away. And it was a fantasy to to think of one day that we wouldn't have to go home. This would be home. And what is, what is home like for you now? 
Um, well, it's so wonderful being with David all the time. I mean, we, like I said, spent years doing the, the um, remote relationship for half the time. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's wonderful being together. Um, at one point after the 11 years, he said, Nancy, would you like to get married? <laughs> said yes. And he had the whole thing planned. Um, let's do it. The uh, October 10th in Michigan, and we'll have all of our friends at an outside restaurant at our at outside at our favorite restaurant, Cafe Gulistan. And the owner made a fabulous uh, buffet and um, Middle Eastern fair, and we had about 80 people. Mm-hmm. It it was just absolutely perfect. <laughs> Now, if he was in New York and you were in Chicago, how did the two of you meet? He and his late wife would come to Michigan and vacation. They would spend a month in August in Michigan and uh, two weeks in February. And they always stayed at the same hotel, so they didn't meet me in my B&B. But when they would come to town, they knew several of my friends. And so when I moved there, I met them. Um, David is a musician, he's a piano player, and his wife, Judy, was a singer. And they would um, book a date um, at our um, uh, live performance theater in August for their show. And um, so I said to them, because I'm such a nurturer, you guys can't go to restaurants every night. Um, let's, you know, you're going to be here for a month, but you'll have to come over for dinner. And so they came over for dinner at least once a week. And we got to be fast friends. Uh, Judy had a special birthday in um, New York City one year, and I went out there to help celebrate with her. So we were very close. And, um, And it was tragic when she passed away. But David decided to come and keep coming back to Michigan um, just for those vacation times. And we started dating and the rest is history. It's a beautiful story. It is indeed. I I know Judy would be happy. She would be really happy looking down and knowing that both of us are together and, and amazingly happy. (laughs) That's lovely. Yes. You know, um, in the in your introduction, I said your perfect day consists of Pilates, yoga, golf, swimming. Is that really how you spend your days? <laughs> it sounds very self-serving, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I don't do them all on the same day. I do Pilates one day, yoga one day. I play golf a couple of days a week because we are right on the seventeenth tee of a beautiful par three 18 hole golf course community and it's just so easy to play and it's so much fun and then um what's the oh i i have a job i volunteer at the children's hospital gift store once a week and um and that's very fun and um, then we have several uh, social things within the community that we are. There's always something going on. And once a week, we have our uh, block party, basically. And everybody brings things and um, we 
just, you know, chat. And, and as far as we went, and there's culture. We have to go a little farther than it used to be. Chicago is close. But um, David and I went to Tampa to see the Picasso exhibit at the Dali Museum two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to Sarasota to see the Van Gogh experience. Mm-hmm. And so we're very active. We're going to start getting involved in politics now that the um, uh, it's starting up again. And I am going to the Women's March on Saturday in Fort Myers. Mm-hmm. With right. a with a sign that David made up, and we haven't made it yet, but it's going to say, "Scotus, don't demote us." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. Great. Yeah. yeah. Good. And uh, and is is cooking still um, one of your passions? It is. And um, we have people over for dinner, I won't say frequently, but at least several times a month. Um, A lot of the, this isn't a 55 and older community, but uh, most of the people are 55 and older. And a lot of the women have said, say no to cooking. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And I haven't yet, so I don't mind that um, other people aren't having us over. I just as soon have them over and and cook. Mm-hmm. And we have somebody coming over on Saturday night, and I am making my special shrimp burgers, open face on an English muffin topped with guacamole. <laughs> Sounds, Sounds <good>. delicious. <laughs> I, the side that goes with is a, a salad and prosciutto wrapped asparagus what time is is dinner <laughs> <laughs> well you come over for hors d'oeuvres at six and dinner at seven thirty. okay <laughs> so nancy um this this entrepreneurial spirit that you have how do you think that came about for you what what influenced that part of you that is a very good question. It's something I think about, or I really haven't thought about. Um, but my dad was self-employed. He was an architect. And so his responsibility, besides designing the houses, was making the contacts to, um, um, you know, get clients. And he and his partner, it was very small, just the two of them. And, I mean, they hired draftsmen to work with them. But... Um, but he was a very good role model. And while my mother never, well, that's not true. She, she only had one paying job, but she was very active in the League of Women Voters. And they, um, 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 had, she was the president of the League of Women Voters of Illinois for, I think, a four or five year term where she traveled all over the state, um, visiting the different branches. And she uh, really made a name for herself politically. Um, she ran debates um, in Illinois for the uh, Senate candidates. Um, so she was, she really she did, she did a lot. And then her, um, um, her, she did get a paying job, which was working for the Chicago Council of Lawyers 
project merit selection of judges. Mm -hmm. And those are all really um, um, very important and um, issues that never, that one didn't get taken care of, but, um, you know, she, it was, she worked and did what she thought she could for good causes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So Nancy, how do you think about aging for yourself? Well, for starters, I don't dwell on it. Okay. And don't like talk about health issues with people. When we, when you, you start talking to a girlfriend and you start doing that, oh, this hurts or oh, that hurts. You know, I try to change the subject because really we all have that. It, let's not, um, you know, uh, hammer it into the ground, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, staying healthy is uh something we all can do with ease pretty much get exercise eat well get enough sleep um socialize and uh we're doing a very good job david and me both of doing all of those things um going to all the wonderful florida farmers markets makes that Mm -hmm. easy um with all fresh fish and fresh vegetables and fresh fruit it's candy for the eyes it's it's wonderful to exercise outside, you know, um, mm-hmm. is very special. I recommend it highly. <laughs> it sounds very enticing, I must say. Yeah. Come down and visit anytime, ladies. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Is there anything else, Nancy, you would like to, to share with our listeners before we close? Boy, um, uh, I, I do recommend highly moving to some place where be outside more often than if, if you're living in the north mm-hmm. um, you do retire think about it and I know so many of us want to stay near the grandchildren um, and I just went up last week see my kids in Wisconsin and but I think for our mental health we need to do things for ourselves and have the grandchildren come and visit us uh. <laughs> <laughs> selfish I I mean it to sound selfish. I love my grandchildren, but and I will go there, but um, they can here too. Sure. I love that. Well, Nancy, thank you so much for talking with us today. We've really enjoyed hearing about your ventures and adventures. And it's wonderful to hear how how happy and satisfied you are in this phase of your life. Well, thank you for having me. And I'm serious about coming down to visit. We just the town, or we didn't. We bought this townhouse because it had two guest bedrooms upstairs. We don't go upstairs; they're for the guests. Oh. <laughs> Sounds enticing. It's a retreat site for us, Gail. Yeah, maybe. Thank, yeah. Thanks so much, Nancy. Hey, thank you. And listeners, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen, and leave a review. Visit our website, womenover70.com, and access all of our episodes. You can easily search by name or category. Join us on the first Tuesday of each month to enjoy programming beyond the podcast, hosted by our Aging Reimagined Circle. Membership information is on our website, womenover70.com. See you next Wednesday on Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined.